Well, happy Tuesday, June the 15th, 18 degrees right now. Beautiful day ahead of us, 23 degrees and nothing but sun in our fair city and the GTA. Uh, I've had the opportunity to go to, to uh, Portugal in the past, and uh, I was astonished to find out that drugs were decriminalized in Portugal. In the 80s, um, one in 10 people had slipped into the depths of, of heroin use. They included bankers, university students, carpenters, socialites, miners, people from all walks of life. Think about that. One in 10 people using heroin in Portugal. It was in a state of panic, and so they decided the best way to deal with this health crisis was to decriminalize drug possession. Toronto's Board of Health say they are seeking permission from Ottawa. They voted yesterday to ask Ottawa to decriminalize drug possession in the city. And many people are going to hear this and think, what is going on in the city of Toronto? How out of control is the drug problem? And also think that this sounds like a controversial and poor move. Angie Hamilton may not be one of those people. She's executive director of the Families for Addiction Recovery, and she joins the show now. Angie, how are you? Hi, Kelly. Great. Thank you for having me on. Can you try and um, explain this for the average person? Why is the Toronto Board of Health trying to decriminalize drug possession? Well, uh, first thing, I would like to point out that this is actually the fourth time that they have uh, made a request to the federal government to decriminalize. The first time uh, was back in 2018. They've basically done it every year. Um, so, you know, the, the first thing, I think, for people who, you know, maybe don't know people who use drugs and, um, you know, haven't read up on these issues, I think, you know, what we really have to do first is unlearn what we think we know about drugs and drug use. And so, you know, um, because we've kind of all been raised to think that using these drugs, which are illegal, uh, is harmful and bad. Uh, and uh, I guess, you know, a, a crime that that's how we've labeled it. Uh, but People over here using these drugs, which, you know, it's alcohol and until recently and now it's, it's cannabis, uh, you know, like using these drugs is not problematic and, and the people who use them aren't bad. And, and it's that distinction um, that really makes no sense. So the first thing is that consuming a substance, um, just consuming it, there's nothing inherently criminal in that activity, it, it's very hard to distinguish. You know, it's basically taking a substance to alter your mood. And that's true of alcohol, it's true of cannabis, and it's true of painkillers and, and anything else that we, that we consume. And there is nothing inherently criminal in that. Just consuming a substance does not create harm to others. And I think that's the distinction that needs to be made, whether something is creating harm to self or no harm or harm to others. Are we all um, suffering from a major hangover from the war on drugs that was, you know, big in, in the United States? Well, I mean, the war on drugs is, is everywhere. It's in Canada, too. I mean, it, yeah, I, I don't Not to the think same degree, that, though. Well, they don't have harm reduction down there, which, which makes it much worse. And we're at least uh, a little more advanced there, although we don't have all the services that we need for that either here. The chief medical officer of health, Eileen Davila, yesterday said this is entirely inappropriate to criminalize what is, in fact, a health issue. What does that mean? 
Uh, it means that, it, you know, again, when you consume a substance, either, you know, for you, it's going to be problematic or it isn't. And, and if it's problematic for you, that is a health issue. That is not a criminal justice issue. We already have laws, you know, that pro- prohibit things that people might do, you know, uh, if they're impaired for alcohol or drugs, uh, like driving impaired or assaulting someone. Those are already criminal activities. So again, just the consumption of a substance is not inherently a criminal activity. And if you have problematic use, if you're suffering with a substance use disorder, it's a medical condition. Uh, you I know, think, and so, sorry, go ahead. No, I think people here decriminalize drug possession and they think it's going to be um, mayhem in the streets. Yeah, I'm much more concerned about the status quo, actually, because, uh, you know, when you criminalize it, you're, you're sending a message, uh, first of all, you know, um, substance use disorder is a pediatric illness. It's something you're not going to hear a lot, but it's true. If you start consuming substances before the age of 15, you're, you're six times as likely to develop a substance use disorder uh, as if you start at age 21. So, really? Yeah. Yeah. So um, what, what criminalization does is it, it prevents honestly, families and everybody having the conversations that they need to have about substance use, like, uh, so, so that they're not afraid to say, hey, you know, mom and dad, I've started using, you know, this substance, um, you know, parents will, will have a different view if they start to use a legal substance, you know, over a criminal substance, although alcohol, frankly, is the substance in society that's causing the greatest amount of harm and cost to Canadian society. And it is the only substance where they figured out that harm to others exceeds harm to self. So if there's one drug that should be illegal, it's actually alcohol. Um, That's definitely a controversial statement. I think a lot of people's (laughs) eyebrows just raised there, but uh, deaths involving all substances, including opioids reached a record high of 521 in Toronto in 2020. That's according to some data that uh, the Toronto Star uh, published. And uh, I want to ask you, I mean, the the Board of Health also voted um, yesterday to convene a working group as a step towards an exemption from federal drug laws. What would that look like? And, And is it long overdue? Well, it's, it's long overdue at the federal level. I mean, you've got to remember, like, criminal laws, right? That, that is a, a federal jurisdiction. So I, I want to start by saying I really think, um, you know, this is uh, within the jurisdiction of the federal government. And we should, whatever we're doing, it should be at the national level. Because, you know, the evidence is either, you know, criminalization works and stops people from using substances and reduces harms which it doesn't, or the evidence is the contrary, which is that this doesn't stop people from using substances and it maximizes harms, which is the case. And it doesn't depend on where somebody is standing in Canada. So the first thing is, if they do this, it really should be on a national level. But the government, the federal government has has signaled uh, that they're not willing at this time to do this at the national level. So what's happened is you have uh, individual cities uh, that realize that there's a problem and they, they believe in decriminalization, asking uh, the federal government to decriminalize just their city. So this has happened in Vancouver. Um, and so this is a step towards, the, you know, the Toronto Board of Health um, didn't, didn't vote to, to uh, ask the city, to ask the feds to decrim. 
uh, Toronto. They just said they would set up a working group to look at that. So what are the odds of, of decriminalization of drug use in Toronto actually passing? You know, decriminalization of drugs is going to happen. It's just a question of time. Um, and, and uh, you know, some people might not understand that that's a good thing, but that is a very good thing. Um, so, you know, I think what's happening is the, the uh, Toronto Board of Health has uh, bought some time to put a program or a, a plan together um, for the federal government to consider uh, decriminalization in Toronto. Uh, you know, my personal hope is that it would be done on a national level, mm-hmm. uh, but it may just be that they, they have to do it city by city to to start uh, until and, and show people that, you know, uh, you know, harms have actually been reduced and not increased as a result of doing that before they're willing to do it on a national level. What they did in Portugal, to my, the best of my understanding, is they decriminalized drug possession. And then if you were caught with drugs, it's not like you didn't have to, you know, uh, face any kind of uh, uh, consequences. They would offer you the opportunity to go into some rehab or uh, some sort of counseling. They actually tried to help out addicts. And apparently it was working quite well and it still continues to work. Absolutely. Yes. I mean... Uh, again, they they had um, I believe they have fines, uh, which I, I think uh, will be opposed here because uh, um, you know fines uh, don't apply equally to to people with lower income and people with higher income. Um, but they did have a dissuasion commission. Uh, you know the problem with that is uh, again, if I go back to alcohol, we've got people with problematic alcohol use, and we have people with problematic you know, illegal substance use. We have people who use substances illegally that that don't have problematic use. So, you know, we've kind of been brainwashed to think that everybody who uses illegal substances needs help. And and that's not true. And if you just think back to cannabis, right, Uh, you know, it used to be illegal. So the thought is everybody needs treatment. Well, no, they don't. The vast majority of people who use most substances don't need treatment. So it's a, a waste of time and money, and it's very harmful to them to criminalize them for you know, their I have never heard anybody break this down, this topic, down like you are right now at all. That that uh, there are some people that can uh, and do use responsibly, and this is a problem that is a pediatric problem, because I think you're still heading back there with this argument, aren't you? Um, yeah, it, it absolutely. I mean, what we know from uh, like they did, they did a survey in 2017, the um, Canadian Tobacco, Alcohol and Drug Survey. And, you know, past year use of one of five uh, illegal drugs in Canada and they excluded cannabis. You know, the rate of use was uh, for, for kids 15 to 19, it was 4%. For young adults, 20 to 24, it was 10%. And for people 25 and older, it was 3%. So, you know, this disproportionately affects the young. Mm-hmm. And, and when we give them a criminal record when they're starting out in life, I mean, it, it's taking people, first of all, it's taking some people who don't have a problem and giving them a problem. <laughs> and, and for the people who do have a problem with their use, it's trying to solve their medical condition by giving them a criminal record, which to me is criminal. I mean, you know, I'm the parent of a child who struggled from the age of 14. Uh, trust me, if you have a child that is struggling with a substance use disorder, you're not going to think the solution to this is to throw them in jail. You're going to think it's like treatment. 
Okay, Angie, right? I have about 30 seconds left with you, and yep. I think you have a lot to say, so maybe we'll think about having you back again to talk right. about this in more in depth. But um, what, what do you say to the parents out there listening right now? Like, what is their best strategy when it comes to keeping their kids away from uh, drugs at a young age? Because let's face it, that's when your curiosity is peaked. That's when more people are going to be able to convince you or, you know, even if they're not trying to outwardly convince you, but you'll, you know, you care about what your peers think. So you're going to go along, go with the flow and maybe uh, you're going to take that drink or, you know, it, it, some people look at that as, as not, uh, it's just a part of growing up. It's experimental, healthy experimentation. Wh what do you say to the parents out there and how they can make sure that their kids are um, kept away from, from future problems? Well, you, you can't make sure that, that your kids aren't going to use drugs, but you can educate them and you can take a harm reduction approach. And uh, so there's a section on our website, what to tell kids about um, drugs and i think it's really good because uh the concern really is substance use disorder and risky use uh, youth mm -hmm. oh my god use not you know not all use uh is problematic but they are way better off to delay initiation until they're older that's okay. the main thing what's the website www.farcanada.org Angie, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Kelly. Have a great day. Angie Hamilton, Executive Director of Families for Addiction Recovery.